What it is, what is up, what is good, gamers? This is Shownuff71, a.k.a. Digga Doolamite. Purple bling bling, man. <laughs> Say it in all of a sudden. Oh, yes. And your auditory canals are locked into episode 141 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. And as usual, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, got my partners in crime. First on deck, we got Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the High Res Hater, a.k.a. the Cat Daddy, a.k.a. the Gamer Step Daddy. What's going on, dude? Uh, not much, everybody. Just always happy to be here with my buddies talking about uh, this, you know, these this, this hobby that we love, uh, video games. Although I'm thinking about changing you know, uh, my screen names across all all uh, things to the AKA. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> I have so many AKAs. It's like I just want to start calling myself the AKA, you know, so people can know, you know, who they're dealing with. Like, it's the AKA. You, know? you could drop off that gamer stepdad one, then. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Got, gotta keep it. Gotta keep abuse. it. Abuse. That's the, that's, the one that, that's the one that everyone knows. That's the one everyone loves. No, yeah. I don't love it. Well, everyone else does. So. Screw, screw everyone else. <laughs> I don't need your abuse. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, of course, the one, the one claiming abuse is none other than, than Joe, because our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. the Food Max of Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. What's going on, dude? Not much, man. Trying to maximize my gaming dollar, but you know, I'm going over sales right now, you know, but uh, I don't need to buy anymore. I just need to go in the backlog and play stuff from the backlog. So it's like, mm. you yes. know, that dilemma. So, yeah, there were a couple of games that I had planned on buying, uh, but I'm kind of holding off on them because uh, I've, I've got backlog. That I need to get through right now. There, there weren't. They're not major titles. There were some, some downloadable content, some, some downloadable games that I was going to pick up. Um, I, I'm still going to buy them, but I'm just not going to buy them right now because. Oh, I know. know. I wouldn't be getting to them. <laughs> my, my dilemma, yeah. If I'd be buying them and they're on sale, it's like, you know, they're on sale, but it's like I'm not going to play them immediately. I got other games I want to play first. So guess what? <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's the thing you got to think about. You know, you have other games that you want to play first. It's like, I bought Tales of Arise, but I haven't even cracked it yet. And I want to, but I just haven't, you know, had the time or felt the need to 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 do that yet. So part of me is kind of like, uh, you know, what am I doing? Uh, so, but no, I can totally understand that. No, you're excited. I'm excited for Tales too, but it's like, uh, you know, I'm playing Dragon Quest. I'm playing other things. So it's like, I know I'll get to it. And I know just having it is the... Uh, something that uh, it meant enough to me looking at the previews of the games that I want to pick it up day one or close to day one as I can. So. Yeah, and I I got it for I got mine for five bucks, so I I would took advantage of a promotion that was going on. So yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I, mean, I, I only paid five really bucks for mine. I bucks. redeemed a bunch of Best Buy certs, so mm-hmm. you know if I had to like plunk down at sixty bones, it'd be a little bit different, but. Uh, you know, obviously, I'm spending money to get that Best Buy 
bling bling. So, but that's uh, how I work it. You know, I have a Best Buy credit card. I pay it uh, every two weeks, and I uh, reap the benefits of charging everything on it. So, it's a way to roll. Yeah. Indeed, indeed. So we're going to move on to our first topic on our docket. And as always, it's going to be the playlist. So Joe, let's start with you this this week, man. What you been playing? Uh, for me, just the usual same stuff. I want to have a little variety, but we did add one older game uh, to the mix, too. Mm-hmm. So um, PSO 2 New, Gen- uh, New Genesis uh, only played it a couple times this week. Just like Des, I'm just kind of... Yeah, I, I, it's something to play if I'm doing something else, like listening to a baseball game or something. But it's like I'm trying to tell myself, you know, when am I going to like get on and try to redeem all these wonderful cosmetics like my like, you know, gold grill and all that bullshit. So it's like uh, I love the gameplay. It's just it's rinse and repeat and it's not, you know to where I want to go back to it every day and do the dailies like I had been doing for the last couple months. So, you know, just give me some content to play Sega and I'll be there day one, you know, but we'll see. So uh, still pushing forward in Dragon Quest uh, 11S. Uh, still enjoying that quite a bit on there. I'm so glad I decided not to do the hard mode and try to grind it out even further because it's like, you know, I got enough gaming on my plate uh we played a little bit of aliens fire team elite but not too too much i think we only like played a couple of nights and that might be something i know you guys are kind of we haven't been playing it as much lately and i want to actually finish that third act and go in there and get that oh. done and open up the horde mode so okay well, we'll have to do that then you know i didn't i didn't realize you were all like you know hot and heavy to get it done so yeah i should have sent that we could yeah. definitely don't you eh me? You're sitting there like, no, no, I want to get it done. I want to get it done. It's like, let's do it. Let's get it okay. done. Okay. All right. Let's, let's do, do it. it. All right, Dad. Okay. We'll do it. <laughs> right. Uh, also, still dabbling in Carmageddon max damage, and I kind of getting those feels back why I um, enjoyed Carmageddon in the past because of all the physics base craziness because uh, there's multiple ways you could play this game you could you know go through all the checkpoints uh you can run over pedestrians until your cows come home and there's actual cows in the game too you can run over so and uh, you could also uh, go on the map just kind of play it free roam and kind of destroy your opponents and so kind of brings back kind of a mixture of just all the craziness of twisted metal but with a little bit more of a physics type twist on there but the physics are you know 1990s video game physics where you know it's not all exact it's like they have a springy button like a kangaroo power up where you're just like bouncing in the air with a little sound effect and uh you know it's just it's you know something to throw on and just kind of relax you know relax, run over some people, you know, destroy some opponents. You know, so. It's always the best. Yes. And then last but not least, the game that me and Des has gone back to for whatever reason, uh, because we did buy the two expansions for it, uh, Titan Quest. And uh, as I think we talked about last episode, we decided to go back and start from square one. And I've been mainly playing with Des online for the most part. I did some single player uh, drop-ins 
uh, for the most part. But I'm trying to wean myself off of picking up all the loot because that game is kind of overwhelming. And as much as I want to go back to town every like three minutes to go sell stuff, it's like it's not really worth it. So and so I'm trying to wean myself off of doing that. And I actually might try to wean myself off of doing that when I play the game by myself as well. That way I could progress uh, faster into the game and main meat of the game on there and get to the two expansions. So, uh, I don't know if you have anything to add Desmond, but you know, this is a very old rooted, like, uh, Diablo two influence, uh, action RPG with lots of loot. It's, uh, you know, obviously Greek, um, based on there as far as Greek mythology and whatnot. And, uh, it's, uh, janky on the ps4 you know it's you know I have, it hasn't like uh, infamously like a couple of years ago when i was playing this quite a bit i uh, had some freezes and some blue screens but i, I had blue screens but uh, it does freeze so every now and then like it is it is super jantastic but yeah you know. like some of the effects like there's this like net i throw out with my particular character and sometimes the graphics don't show on the net properly they're like pixelated so and there's this one section in the menu uh, where I was leveling up this uh, um, ability I had and the reference on there said, click the left mouse button to enable. And it's like, what mouse button? Oop, you missed that going through the <laughs> going through the game to take all references out to, you know, mouse buttons. <laughs> I mean, I understood what they were talking about. Oh, I understood too, but yeah, you know, it's like making fun of this poor game lazy ass port but you know it's still <laughs> in of itself by itself a great game on there um i'd probably play on pc if they had controller support for the game on steam and they do not and so there's probably some back way to do it but since the game is not designed for it up front then it's very easy for me and des to just fire up on ps5 and just go at it so yeah i would want to play this on um PC. Although I know, I know once we're done with this, we were thinking about actually playing uh, Grim Dawn. So yeah, Grim Dawn has controller support though. So yeah, and we tried it. We tried it before, but I, we did we didn't really get too far on it. So you know, if anyone out there listening is a Diablo PC fanatic playing Diablo one and two from back in the day, I know the click 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 on the mouse is like crucial. But uh, to me, it's like I kind of. Um, cut my teeth on Diablo three on console as being like my first, like, like dungeon crawler, uh, looter, uh, kind of game. And, uh, the console controls, the controller controls on that. It's just, it just seems foreign to go to keyboard and mouse on that. So I would not want to play it on keyboard and mouse at so all. If anyone out there can espouse. I mean, obviously you have access to the entire keyboard, the, do your buffs and all that stuff, but uh, you know, eh. <laughs> that's all I say. Eh. <laughs> eh. But uh, that's pretty much me uh, this week. I did buy a new game, but we'll talk about it more uh, once it pops up in the news. So yeah, and we can definitely play more um, aliens. Yeah, we can definitely play more aliens. Just you know, just like say, hey, I want to play aliens. Like, oh, okay, okay. let's do it. You know? All right. Maybe we'll even have to do a Vessels game night. We haven't done one in a long time. but It hasn't in a while. I think it should. It'd be really kind of cool. Yeah. Well, if anyone out there wants to play Titan Quest with us, Titan Quest is on PlayStation now. Not Plus, but now. So. 
on there. So just in case if you happen to get a cheapy subscription to it, you know, uh, God forbid PlayStation Now is actually semi-decent and can be compared to that wonderful Xbox Games Pass we kind of talk about on well, the show. Well, so it's on so. sale right now. Um, one of our uh, longtime listeners, good friend, uh, Surging Fire, um, f- found out that it was um, it was uh, on sale right now. So if you want to... I- I actually got confused and I sent him a link to PlayStation Plus for a dollar for a month and it actually was PlayStation Plus and that's PlayStation Now. I know I think about about three, four weeks ago, Sony had a sale where it was like 30 bucks for a year on it. And so, I, you know, obviously it's not on sale now, but you could look at CD keys and other places just in case you want to, you know, pick it up. Yeah, it's a lot of back catalog stuff, but still it's... Uh, I think it's still a good good value, especially on some of the older games, you know, and that kind of thing. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, definitely. Uh, I believe that you should definitely check it out because it's, um, I think it's definitely worth it. And I'm still having a lot of fun playing it. So please, you know, check it out. Um, All right. That's it for me. What about you, Des? You know, I'm going to talk about Titan Quest a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I again, I, I started up with it again because I've actually enjoyed um, my time with it, and I enjoy playing that game with you, just running around, because it's one of those games where you can just kind of put on in the background and play it and, and um, get really good at it and just really talk about it and shoot the shit. And I think that's really a, a good game that allows you to do that. I am wondering what the, what the two expansions are going to be like. Um, so I actually might when i play this game to completion um who knows but um but i'm still um, interested in playing it uh same thing with aliens fire team elite um i kind of run hot and cold with that game it is it, it is fun i really enjoy it um uh, and i think there's just a lot of games out there that, that wants to pull me to their to the you know to their uh their siren call so um <laughs> So I think that's why it's kind of like, you know, they're like, oh, you know, play me, play me. And I'm like, no. So <laughs> so I just have to kind of um, get that kind of um, in the mix. That way I'm ready to, um, you know, can play all of it, you know, if necessary. So. Um, so, so, yeah, the other games that I've been playing has uh, been, of course, Rage 2. Still uh, plugging away at that. I think I will, like I said before, I think I will be beating that game. It's just a silly, you know, time waster. You can follow the quest, the quest line, or you can just do what you want with it. And I think that's kind of where I'm at with it now is just um, playing it um, just to play it and run around because you can, it loads so quickly and you can just run around and see a question mark go play it for a little while, you know, kill a bunch of people, feel satisfied, and you'd have to play it for a while again. So I think that's really one of the cool things about it. Um, and the last thing that I've been playing is uh, Blightbound. Uh, I've started playing that with uh, by myself, but Joe bought it, and um, we're going to play it together. We have yet to play together, but it is a fun little hack-and-slash RPG. It's... Um, you go into these procedurally generated dungeons and you save other people and then you um, increase your um, your characters and then you can play either a warrior, a mage, or a, or a, a rogue. And you save characters 
um, from that from that class. That way you can play like a different rogue each time if you want. Um, and some of them have different abilities, and then you level them up the more you play them. So, like I said in the last episode, uh, it's a fun little game. Uh, a lot of re repeatability because you can honestly um, just uh, run around and um, and play the game uh, as you want. Um, that's what I like about it. One day you want to play as a as a warrior, you can play a warrior and. And it's it's really fun to be able to go out there and and save people and, and play the challenges and it's pretty hard. I think that's one another thing that's really good about it is it's pretty hard. It is definitely not a walk in the park. So I'm interested uh, to play with Joe to see how we kind of synergize with it. So, um, but really that's pretty much all it is. All I've been playing. I I will be playing uh, Diablo two in the future. It's it's a full release. Um, so I'll, I'll probably be playing playing that as well just to see how it how it is. Um, but that's pretty much it. Uh, Kev, what have you been playing, buddy? So the only thing I've been playing is Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, that's all I've been playing with my, with my game time, uh, which has not been as in ample supply as in recent weeks, but I finished the Yuffie DLC, and that was fantastic. That last boss was an irritating sob though i i have to say that because his ailment weaknesses change during the fight as well as in between small cut scenes you fight him he goes through three stages and ooh, he's a he's a sob <laughs> but but that Yuffie, that Yuffie content was absolutely fantastic. Um, as I mentioned last week, I believe, if you want to play the games in order, as soon as you complete stage 12 in the main game, you boot up the Yuffie DLC, complete that, and by the time you're, that will put you right into level... Uh, uh, story part 13 in the main game so that is how you play if if you want to play the Yuffie content quote unquote in order that's that's what you do but man that ugh, that that content and the way Yuffie plays uh, she has a shuriken that is that has elemental attacks to it and that's pretty much and that through her ninja magic and that's what you do to break down enemy defenses. She also has a co-ninja, co-ninja, uh, shoot, pseudo, I'm probably pronouncing his name incorrectly. She has a co-ninja, she's got a co-ninja, like she's co got a co -ninja. yeah. Co-ninja rap, co-ninja, co-ninja yeah. rap, sorry. And he is kind of like her support, you cannot play as him, which is a little bit unfortunate, but I kind of understand why they made it that way he's kind of like your secondary life support because if you get uh taken out in a fight he will give you all of his life energy to bring you back in and then you would just use like phoenix downs to bring him back but his but uh, aside from support his main thing is um breaking putting enemies in stagger very quickly and there's this uh, physical attack that you can do called synchronization 
in which your uh, pseudo will attack the same enemy you're on and you build their stagger meter and that super quick and it will put them into a state of uh, stagger meaning that they get faded and they can't move kind of kind of temporarily stunned and that's when you unload all your massive attacks and your magics and all that stuff to bring down their uh, health bar at a quick at a quicker rate and that's kind of sort of that's how you pro tip that's really how you have to beat them the last dude because ooh he's a ooh uh, <laughs> you have to keep him in stagger as much as 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 often as possible because uh it's like my my homie damon said is it it's either a very easy fight <laughs> Or it's a very difficult one. And, I, and if you saw the post that I put up on Twitter, uh, Yuffie, I believe I had her up to a maximum health of 3,000. I beat that last boss with about 180 points of health. <laughs> <laughs> and Sudo was out oh, of the wow. <laughs> There's no joke. Yeah, yeah, so... <laughs> So yeah, that that was that was a bit of a nail biter, but I'm back in on on the main game after cl- completing the Yuffie content, and I'm that that's pretty much all I've been playing. So and I've talked about Final Fantasy VII remake so much in past <laughs> in past episodes. I'm not going to go into it anymore. Y'all know the deal. Um, but pro tip. Uh, one thing that you want to do is for pseudo, if you're playing through the Yuffie content, when you get the, uh, there's this materia called permanent, it's like permanent block or consistent block. It's something like that. Give that to pseudo. That will make him last a whole lot longer and basically allows you to block continuously and it reduces the chip damage significantly. So when you get that materia, I mean, you're probably your first instinct is to probably put it on you on Yuffie. I put it on pseudo because you kind of need him to build the stagger. Like I said, the stagger meter, particularly on bosses. And I found that uh, to be of significant uh, of, of a significant benefit. So but that's what I've been playing. So we're going to move on to our next topic on our docket which is going to be the main event. So, all right, Dez, you got the mic, man. All righty. So, for this main event, uh, we were blessed from Kevin, who had a question. And his question was, uh, uh, was there a game, a gaming console, that you always wanted but never had an opportunity to pick it up? Uh, like a lack of funds, no love from mom or dad, uh, sorry, son. Uh, hard to find or sold out. Uh, let us know your answers, and we will talk about it on the podcast. So I want to turn this over first to Kevin, and I want to see his response because I feel that this might be coming from from a from from, from a place of sadness. Am I right, Kevin, or or no? You're just wondering because it seems like you know you're bringing up you know like oh you know why why didn't I get this you know yet or. Well, actually, <laughs> truth be told, I saw this on a Twitter post okay. from one of the, and I just thought it was a great question, and it's from one of the more retro-based uh, accounts that I follow on Twitter, 
and I would give them full credit if I could remember which one <laughs> which one it was because I follow a bunch of retro uh, retro gaming accounts on Twitter. But there is there is a personal story. The console that I always well there were two technically. Uh, one was the Sega Genesis. Yes. Uh, I wanted to get a Sega Genesis. I rented the Sega Genesis because back in the day, a lot of these smaller mom and pop shops, uh, I'm like pulling aside, setting aside the warehouse and what would later come as Blockbuster, the mom and pop video, video cassette rental shops used to rent consoles. And, uh, I had rented the Sega Genesis multiple times, played Sonic the Hedgehog. Never did finish that game, but I rented, I rented the heck out of it. Uh, actually, me and Damon had gone in and Havzies a couple of times on a on a Sega Genesis, and um, yeah, it, I always it was always something that I felt that I I needed to have. But I was all in on Super Nintendo, but it was when they got Strider, mm. which was I was yes. in love with Capcom Strider in the arcades. That was the game. Now, there was a an 8-bit Strider for um, for the for the for the regular Nintendo. And it was fun, but it wasn't the Strider I wanted. It, that was an RPG. In fact, I still have that game. It was by Capcom, and it was an RPG. Like, you had to get certain boots to make Strider run up walls. You had to get certain sword power-ups that you had to find. Yeah, there, was a lot of, there was a lot of moving around, and it was a fun game. I finished that game, and I liked it, but that wasn't the Strider I wanted. Um it's like the, the difference between uh, NES Rygar and Arcade yeah. Rygar, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, yeah. I would get these different games. Like, I was annoyed by that, too. Yeah. But I, I like the game, though. So I beat it, too. So I can't lie. <laughs> yeah. So I want the, the Strider I wanted was the one I played at the arcade. But I, I don't know. For whatever reason, I just never got around to it. Uh, so that's one system. The uh, Another system would also be the Atari VCS. My first introduction to console gaming was through a friend. This is going way, way back to, uh, to elementary school. His name was Jason. Uh, his parents, the uh, was I, I want to say it was Christmas of maybe 77, 76, something like that, right around there. But yes, I'm very old. <laughs> and I was in elementary school. And uh, Jason invited me over to his house, and he had he had a something called the Atari VCS, and he had a bunch of games, and we played combat. And I was like, I need I need this in my life. And <laughs> I through all the consoles that I've that I'd owned from from uh, you know from a kid going into an adult. There was always a part of me that felt that I missed out not ever having Atari VCS. So when I uh, got the ColecoVision, and this is after the crash hit, there were multiple stores like you know KB Toy and Hobby. Uh, okay, oh, Simon Says was another one that used to be in Fresno. 
and Arthur's then toys. later, yeah, Arthur's, Arthur's toys. toys. And, uh, then there was Toys R Us that kind of opened up and took over the old Simon Says location. They had the VCS attachment for the ColecoVision, and it was all my always my intent to go and grab it. So when the crash hit, that thing dropped to like less than ten dollars, and uh vcs atari vcs games were being just blasted out for a buck two bucks that that you know that type of thing and i always felt man i need to go and get that so i can you know start building up my uh my vcs collection and i just always thought there would be time i always thought those things were always going to be there and <laughs> Lo and behold, <laughs> there was a time when all that stuff just disappeared, and uh, I I was just SOL on that. So that was another one that uh, I always wanted to get, uh, if not the VCS console, at least the attachment for, uh, for ColecoVision that would allow me to play Atari VCS games. I want to say... I know for a fact that there was a plan to bring that attachment to Intellivision as well. I don't know if it ever made if it ever made it to um, to retail or if it did. It was in limited supply, but I've got Intellivision catalogs that have uh, a picture of the Atari VCS attachment uh, that that was planned for release anyway after they after Mattel released the Intellivision 2 which is basically a comp, a more compact version of the Intellivision but the console that re, that hit my mind hit my memory banks when I saw that tweet uh would have to be the Neo Geo uh, the SNK games have a very very special place in my heart um while in the arcade days, while most people were playing Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2, which I do like. I like Street Fighter. I like those uh, uh, old school Street Fighter games an awful lot. I was far more interested in the Fatal Fury, a.k.a. Garou series yep. that SNK put out. I like those games better than Street Fighter. I know that's that that's blasphemy for some no. fighting game purists out no. there but you know i was uh way more of a terry and andy fan than i was a ken and ryu fan you know it, it is what it is so i was always playing snk games in the arcade their fighting games uh their their some of the, their action games like metal slug those 2d action games and whatnot and I always wanted to get a hold of the Neo Geo, but I mean, that thing was, I forget how much the console was. The console was something like, I want to say it was in the $800 range. Didn't you uh, have one, Joe? I eventually bought well, I, one, but I wanted one at launch, but I didn't buy it. It was at Home Express. I believe it was $499.99, but the games were one ninety nine. Yeah, they were like, yeah. games were like 200 bucks. And there was like no way <laughs> brothers' pockets were shallow. Uh, well, that was not happening anytime soon. But when they released, when SNK released their CD versions, there was they came out with this the the Neo Geo CD, 
and the Neo Geo CDZ. So by that time, I had played uh, a bunch of the, the the King of Fighters series was one of my favorites in the arcade. King of Fighters '98 was the jam. Uh, played Samurai Showdown one and two. Though two was was is probably holds a, a very special place in my heart. Uh, I can remember playing that a lot. Uh, and I played uh, uh, the when the final uh, the Fatal Fury games had become the um, the Garou, uh titles. Uh, they had changed the fighting mechanics of of uh, Fatal Fury to uh, and they used a combat uh, system that had you playing. Well, they always had the p- fighting in between the planes, like in the background and the foreground. I love that. But when they when they switched to um, uh, uh, the Garou series and they made that much more fluid, uh, playing like Billy Kane was my dude. <laughs> so. I mean, I I was uh, I was knocking fools out at Blackbeard's because that's the first time I played it. Uh, I was I was pretty good at at those games back in the day. And when the C, when the Neo Geo CD had come out, it was a a, a better opportunity to get a hold of it. Uh, the CD was still expensive, so I'm I'm gonna fast forward real quick when the original playstation came out playstation one some kind of way i wound up with two i do not remember how that happened i i i don't um and the playstation i forget what how what it, its price point launched at. It, it wasn't ridiculously priced but it wasn't cheap either some kind of way i wound up with two um and on a trip with friends, I can't remember who I was with. I want to say I was with Damon and Fred. Uh, we wound up going to this store in Japantown. I th- and I know it was Joe that told me about it. And this guy had a Neo Geo CD uh, that he wanted some astronomical amount for. So... I told the guy, I said, look, I've got a PlayStation new in box because I get they were hard to find. I like I said, I wound up with two. I had one in the trunk of my car. I don't remember why, <laughs> why it was there. Uh, okay. But I had it in 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 the trunk of in the trunk of the uh the rental that I was Kevin in. Went to hook up. And I was like, <laughs> look. What do you say to a trade? Because the dude wanted to get a PlayStation. He wanted he, he wanted to get a hold of one, but he couldn't get one. This was the proprietor. And the only reason I didn't walk out with that seat that Neo Geo CD is because when the guy brought it out, the box was kind of mangly and torn up, and he refused to plug in the system to prove that it worked. No. Mm-mm. So that's that was <laughs> that was the deal crusher. And the second opportunity that I had, uh, again, uh, my dad died early in my life. So that was like a huge blow to my uh, my emotional stability, my a whole lot of there's a whole lot of stuff that happened uh, around the time the time that my dad passed away unexpectedly. Uh, so my mom and I found ourselves because we used to do well back then there was a benefit to doing your bulk shopping bulk grocery shopping 
at military bases. And back then there were two. There was NAS Lemoore, which is still open. And there was this other one called Castle Air Force Base. And because my dad was career military, uh, fa immediate family had access to shop uh, at both places. And my mom, my mom still still does have access. But the amount of money that you save, quote unquote, going there, it 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 really doesn't make it doesn't make that big of a difference anymore like it used to. But so we were in this, uh, we were in the, um, what they call the, uh, the commissary or no, the exchange, which is basically the department store for military bases. And we were still dealing I was still very much, uh, kind of for lack of a better word, emotionally shattered over my dad's death, uh, which had happened, uh, by that time it was, it, it had been, it'd been a couple of years, but I, I was still dealing with some stuff. And I was flipping through catalogs, and they had they had a Neo Geo CDZ in there, which was the faster loading version of the Neo Geo CD. And it was just one of those those things. It's like my mom has a knack of knowing, you know, when her when her when her kids are are you know in, in a way she like is like she kind of showed up like right behind me and she was like what are you looking at and i said i was looking at this you know like and looking at this game console and she's like you want one just like out of the blue which was just i was like yeah I, I would really like that and she says well you know you've been through the ringer the past couple of years let's 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 find one let's let's get one so back then you the the catalogs were situated to these phones without uh, dials or or keypads. When you picked up the phone, it automatically connected you to a operator who was handling shipping and placing orders directly from. Again, this is before the internet. So <laughs> my mom was on the phone with this operator trying to get me a CDZ, and it and. I mean, my my heart just was felt like it was just going to beat out of his chest. Long story short, even though I've been yapping a long time, the huh. last they had one there at Castle Air Force Base, but someone literally bought it just before my mom picked up the phone. That's what the operator told told her. Uh -huh. She checked the computer. They had one in Guam, in their in their Air Force Base in Guam. She tried to, the operator tried to get that one. There was one that was that was the last one they had in Guam, and they were going to have it shipped to Castle. But even though the order went through, the item had already been sold because again, where this is before the internet and instant, you know, all these things were not they were connected, but they were not, you know, immediately inventory didn't reflect in real time back then um so even though we had it it was literally one of those things where we had it in the cart quote unquote unquote uh it had already been sold and it was just one of those things that that i was never able to get so that is my <laughs> oh, that is there's... my story Consoles on uh, eBay, but I doubt you want to go back and start no, collecting no, CDZ stuff now. No, so. no, no. I, I'm I'm not trying to do all that. I'm not trying it, to do it, all that. 
The time has passed, Jeff. Yeah. The time has passed. But that was one of the that was that was some of the things that came to mind when I saw that tweet, and that's what prompted the question for the week. That's awesome. Thank you so much. So uh, a couple other people uh, responded. Uh, John BT on Discord said, "For me, it was a TurboGrafx 16 CD player. I just couldn't afford it back then." All I wanted to do was play Ease, Book 1 and 2, and Dracula X, Rondo of Blood. Finally got a TurboGrafx Duo as an adult, when I was Joe's roommate, in fact, and was able to play uh, through both games. It was worth the wait. Alrighty. And then... Uh, uh, I, I could kind of feel his... I was on the fence. I didn't want to pay the 400 bucks for that damn add-on, and I didn't. <laughs> But mm. when the duo got announced for U.S. release, it was the all-in-one like Turbo Graphics and CD add-on. I was in it to win it. I was like, "Oh, give me, give me some more." So you know, <laughs> at that point, you know, I had the money. I just didn't. Want, I felt paying four hundred bucks for that add-on to play Ease Book One and Two and a couple of other games like the original Street Fighter wasn't worth it. worth the scratch. But all right. <laughs> um. So uh, El Chaffee on uh, Twitter says, um, I really wanted a Sega Game Gear, but it was never in the budget. My cousin had one, but he never let me he never let me play with it because it was dead 90% of the time. I got my own McDonald's money now, so maybe I'll hunt one down. Don't do it, McDonald's. Uh -oh. he's, he's referring to the California stimulus that everyone just got. So. Oh, well, there you go. So yeah, uh, I played around with the game gear game gear i don't know if you guys know it's like basically a portable master system and i always thought it was kind of crappy you know so I, I did buy uh sega game gear at one point uh it was uh because i was mr uh shrewd businessman over here and there was a couple of stores in fresno um you know smaller chains you know not only just in fresno but uh Home Express was going kind of through a clearance sale. And then this other store called The Good Guys, I think you guys remember The Good Guys, oh, like a mm -hmm. uh, California chain, but they wound up doing a promotion I saw in the paper. And it basically said, double the difference. You find a lower price than any competitor and we'll give you double the difference. And so, um, you know, I was back when I was a seasonal worker at the government agency I work for currently. <laughs> and I saw an ad in the paper for Home Express saying Sega Game Gear is $99.99, all this other crap. And it's like, I, I, my eyeballs started like, you know, rolling in the back of my head because that system retailed at the time for $149.99. And so I just made the connotation right then and there. Oh, I could go to the good guys and get double my difference. So... <laughs> So and did. so I wound up, I went to good guys. I showed them the Chrome Express ad. I said, double the difference. Can I get my systems, please? I bought multiple systems. <laughs> I bought two Game Gears. And, of course, my little uh, shyster ass did not open the Game Gear and play the Game Gear. I didn't want a Game Gear. So I waited to the day after Christmas. I proceeded to go to two separate targets and return the Game Gear for store credit for $150 each, and I wound up buying a bunch of Genesis games out of it. So. Hey. <laughs> that's, that's my story about the Sega Game Gear, yes. Hey. 
Make him return folks. without a receipt. Yes. There you go, folks. This is why you can't return stuff without a receipt now. So I'm just saying. Yeah. Paid 50, got 150 back. And it's like, okay, I'm like sitting there like, like rubbing my hands together, like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> I think one of, the, one of the games I actually bought was Quackshot on the Genesis. <laughs> so. Uh, all right, Joe. So, do you have any any systems uh, that that you you know weren't able to get? It sounds like you don't, Mister Moneybags. You know, Mister no, Mister no, 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 no. Uh, you know, back in the day, it's like uh, when I was a kid. Obviously, all my dad used to do is when I wanted a new system, he'd go return the system that I had to the store, <laughs> use the credit to go buy the other one. But one system that I always wanted to play and I never bought and never followed up on it afterwards was the uh, Milton Bradley Vectrex on there. So, hey, you've uh, heard of that? Mm-hmm. Yes, Vectrex. I remember that was a system that came with its own monitor and basically what it was is that it ran all the games in the vector graphics if you remember the original asteroids um tempest um so on and so forth uh basically the some arcade games use vectrex graphics uh vector based graphics uh, for a system so the system came with its own little controller and a monitor and you had these overlays that you would throw over it and uh you know came out in 1982 it was just i wanted one i would drool at it when i go to toys r us but i never just decided to you know i I would i would probably get killed if i asked my dad for one it was already at the time where i was like uh, uh scheming and conniving and getting a ColecoVision. And my dad returned the Sears Tele Arcade that I had to go get a ColecoVision on there. And so I traded up and uh, got a ColecoVision at the time. So I wasn't, uh, even though I I really wanted to try Vectrex, um, I never had a chance to play it. Uh, Some of the games that were on the system that I really wanted to go at it, because there used to be this old arcade game called Star Castle. That came out back in 1980. That basically was the only place to play this particular game on there. And I love Star Castle. Star Castle was like there was like a, a alien ship in the middle, and they had a bunch of panels that you had to knock down, and um, kind of similar to Asteroids. And I think Kevin could attest to Star Castle. He probably played a ton of Star Castle. Played a whole bunch of it at Roller Town. Yeah. So Star, Star Star Castle was the Shihu. Uh, it was the only console too that got a port of Scramble, which was one of my arcade favorites as well, which is Konami Scramble, and I love that game as well. I'm not sure why it never made it out for any other systems, but it's, it just had some cool games. I had like a port of Berserk. I think it was though, on ColecoVision. Oh, you talk about Scramble. The, Scramble, Scramble was, was on it? ColecoVision, yeah. Okay. My bad. I never picked it up for whatever reason. So. In fact, yeah, because I've got a copy of it. Yeah, yeah I sure do. Yeah, is Scramble and um, there was this other one. It wasn't the one with the helicopter. It was another one with the ship, but it had a different name. But yeah, it, it, it there's a Scramble, Scramble for ColecoVision because I, I, I do have it. Okay, I was. I don't never remembered it coming out. I thought that was Super Cobra. So. Nope. Not Super Cobra. Scramble. All right. 
Well, correct me. I am wrong. I'm... <laughs> You're wrong. Uh, I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking at the. Uh, That's how uh, we do Wiki- it. Wikipedia page, and it's not listing a ColecoVision version, though. So, dude, I've got it at my house. I <laughs> okay, could, I believe. Could take a picture of it, and I will send it to you next time I'm at my mom. All right, that's all good. That's all good. All right. No, don't make, don't make, maybe I'm having school with you now. Yeah, know. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm having another. Be, I'm another it, it may be dad. a different name. <laughs> it may be a different name, but it was uh, Stern. Uh, it was Stern's scramble, but it, it did have a sub name on it. But it, it was the same freaking game. It was. It, it wasn't a helicopter. It was the spaceship. You're dropping the bombs on the missile on the missile plants, and you have to blow up the fuel stations. It 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 it's 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 the same game. Gotcha. I know it was released for uh, Commodore 64, and I remember. I think I did eventually buy uh, Super Cobra. I believe for I think either 5200 or ColecoVision. I believe so. But uh, also uh, just remembering like what John BT brought up with the TurboGrafx 16 CD add-on. I remember just getting into the whole, like, you know, going down a rabbit hole for both 3DO and also for the Atari Jaguar back in the day where I decided to trade a lot of my prior systems at a local shop named BRE Software. And I regret BRE software, yes. I I, re- I regret it to this day, trading in a bunch of uh, games to get buy a $700 3DO console so I could play a uh, Samurai Showdown port that was kind of mediocre at best. So had a really good version of Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, but uh, yeah, and then the Atari Jaguar is even worse. I mean, but uh, that was all because I was like smoking the, I was high off the fumes from Dave Halverson and Game Fan Magazine. Basically, <laughs> that you had to you have know, it. I had to have it. Yeah, I was I was whipped into a frenzy. So, it happens, so dude. It happens. that. You know, Neo Geo. I did eventually pick up a CDZ. Um, you know, I know I played. I know I uh, had you come over and we were playing CDZ for a minute. I, I did have it. I wound up selling it. I don't know why I sold it. I should have kept it, you know. So, you know, this is kind of indicative of my time because what happened in, in the mid to late 90s, you know, see, even when I first met Desmond, is that I was addicted to buying games and I would rack up. I had $30,000 in credit card debt because I was going all crazy buying Japanese Saturn games, buying all this other stuff. I wasn't paying my credit card bills. And so I decided to cut cut a cold turkey at one point and change my life. And uh, I wound up a uh, young man. selling a bunch of my stuff that, you know, I could have kept, but you know, in hindsight, I have a bunch of stuff now I don't play. So it's just like, you know, it is what it is. He was uh, a young man. You know, you're, you're, you're a young man. You live and you learn. Like, the, like, the, like, like, like the song says, you've got to live and learn. I hear you. Thank you. Before Thank you for you the buy, lesson, Dad. Before you <laughs> buy games you can't play. Brothers and sisters. I kind of wish I would have kept, you know, both me and Kevin are kind of sad that we don't have more of our Saturn stuff in our mm-hmm. back catalog because that system was the bomb diggity. But that's not yeah. the question. So Vectrex is my main one. <laughs> but I gave you a whole bunch of Saturn stuff, though. So. You did? No, you gave me Dreamcast stuff, not Saturn stuff. 
gave you? Really? You're going to forget about Cannon Spike and all the other ones that I gave you? That's Dreamcast. The district. Oh, yeah, that is Dreamcast. Sorry, I wasn't, I wasn't playing um, I wasn't playing them at that time. Yeah. But thank you for gifting me all that wonderful stuff. I still have my Saturn, so I still have some games. I just kind of wish I kept more of them because they are quite expensive. But uh, oh, see, you only want it because because of the because of the moolah. You don't want it because of the nostalgia. No, I want it for the nostalgia. Please. Actually, I hate to say it, but I have a chip in my Saturn. I could play Burns, so I have a bunch of Burns Saturn games. What I was doing, I sold my games and I kept a copy of them. So <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. Yes. You live and you learn, just like you were stating earlier. Saying, so. have to live and learn. Everybody over here. <laughs> right, we have another response, so why don't we go and read that, Des? All right. So the another, so the next response that we had was from uh, Alberto. Alberto says, uh, "Hi guys, only two come to mind. The first is the Jaguar from Atari. I just remember that it was so <laughs> that it was so cool. Uh, sounding. Sorry. See, leave leave Alberto alone." Uh, it was so cool sounding, and I've never really seen it around. Also, Neo Geo, but I knew that it was super expensive. Once I saw that the price tag, I knew there was no way of convincing my parents to get it for me. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, yeah, I mean, you you both had the Jaguar, right? That's not like you Jaguar people, right? Uh, I don't know if Kevin had the Jaguar or not. I rented the Jaguar. In fact, okay, here's my Jaguar story. And Alberto, I, I, I'm sorry. I love you, brother. But man, that that Atari Jaguar was trash. Um, <laughs> it it was me and my me and my my bud Damon. That's my road dog. Shout out to Damon, man. Yeah. Uh, we went halves on an Atari Jaguar, going to one of these mom and pop shops, and we rented Alien versus Predator. Okay, we went back to my house and we marathoned that that crap, that crap ass game. And we finished it. (laughs) And it was like, oh, my! even back then, man, that game was garbage. It was I mean, it it, it would when the aliens would start coming down, dropping down from the ceilings, the, the freaking game would slow down to like. Like you were looking at a flip book with somebody flipping through images not very quickly. It was oh the aliens and the predators would be standing next to each other trying to get to you. The AI and that game was just garbage, man. Because like 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 you, Alberto, I was kind of hyped for it. I I was kind of hyped for it. I was oh man, they're getting alien versus predator. And I called my buddy up because I went to the video store to rent to to rent some games. I was like, "Dude, they got the they got the Jaguar over here." He's like, "Man, I'll rent it and, and we'll go halves on it." So it's like, "Okay, we, I'll, we'll do that." I rented it. He came over, gave me half the money, and we marathoned that piece of crap game, Alien versus Predator, and dude. I was like, man, that was money. We just flushed down the toilet. Imagine how I felt when I bought the system. Oh. So. <laughs> uh, uh, wow. Obviously, um, uh, yeah. I Green Crusher's over here. 
Yeah, uh, Aliens versus Predator, I never bought, thank God. Um, but, you know, you got to think <laughs> of the other games for the system. I mean, it was just bad. It's like, you know, I know uh, Cybermorph was the launch game, and Dave Halverson was like, uh, from Game Fan was going all cray cray about it, but once I played it, I was like, "What the hell is this garbage?" You know, kind of thing. You know, yeah. Uh, I mean, Tempest 2000 was the really cool game, and I really enjoyed that game. It was a really good version of Tempest. Everything else about the Jaguar just sucked. So, but, but, <laughs> controller okay. was unwieldy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, well, can we at least give a shout out to the old <laughs> game, uh, the old video stores? That used to actually uh, rent out video game systems because, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I I totally forgot about that until until Kevin you know popped in and said said something about it. I remember that, and I wouldn't have played half the games if I if I hadn't have rented a system or something. So so shout out to the to the old school um, uh, video stores who who took it upon themselves you know to to help out and get that extra money in their pockets you know they're I'll sh- shout out to roadrunner video back old fresno hangout and the guy was super nice they did deliveries and they rented famicom games they had wow. super mario brothers 3 before it came out in the u.s and i played that shit on rental so we had um we had valley video so that was oh one. valley video was good too yeah valley video was the one that we would walk down to you know, by the canal, like it was some weird ass Andy Griffith shit going on. I don't know. It was just whistling and stuff. I don't know. It's just weird. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, re- I uh, ran the games quite a bit from Valley Video. So yeah. good old Marks and Shaw. So. Yeah. So mine, mine is is not as deep as you guys's. I'll have to 100% uh, admit. Uh, but um, I never really got video games uh and the onset uh i had a nintendo nes because uh an an old school nintendo and i think that reason why i had that was because my mom got it on a sale somewhere or something you know and and because like i I was never the only game the only system that i ever got you know for for like a birthday or a present was a um uh Think of, and the only thing I can think about that really kind of spoke to me or really kind of made me super, super excited was uh, the Super Nintendo. I got a Super Nintendo and I played everything on it. Like, I just loved that system. And that was really the last system that I that I actually uh, got that, that was actually, like, paid for. Like, my mom would get systems and... No, sorry, it was a master system. Sorry, it was a master system. I got I got the um, I got the Super Nintendo um, because my mom got a got it for free from somebody. You know, my mom was always good at getting deals uh, for stuff for free. Like she she didn't like spending money on on stuff that wasn't you know gonna help me or, or something like games and stuff like that. She just didn't usually spend spend money on that stuff. You know, so I didn't really the only, th- the only time that I got anything um, was uh, was either during the holidays. So I'm um, on my birthday. So for that, I got the um, I got the uh, Sega Master System, and I absolutely adored that game. That was that system. That was a system that I played. Uh, like it was Golden Axe. Played just a ton of games on it, and I just absolutely adored it. Um, Are you sure you didn't have the Genesis? I didn't. Remember. Sorry, Genesis. Sorry, it was a Genesis, not the Master System. I never had. Yeah. It. 
Sorry, it was the Genesis. You are correct. Um, and those are the only two systems that I remember actually um, having and and I mean, actually like having like new. The other games were always, or the other systems were always hand-me-downs. So I got a ton of hand-me-down systems. Uh, 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 Xbox, a PS, uh, PlayStation. You know, I was always getting the hand-me-down uh, systems uh, from people. So I never really, and I never really wanted for, for a system uh, until I got older and I really started thinking about uh, the games that I was playing or, or the games that I wanted to play. So, so it really wasn't until later in life that I really was like, okay, I want to get, I want to get something that I can play it and actually have fun. And it really wasn't until I met Joe, uh, because Joe was very much into video games and I was playing games with him. And I was seeing what he was doing. And so then I would, you know, hook up with friends or I'd buy like discount um, discount systems or I'd get systems for free when people were upgrading or something. I always had always had that hookup. My mom was constantly getting uh, getting stuff donated for the group home and stuff. And so if she wasn't able to use it, I would take it and do something with it. You know, so that's how I got a lot of stuff. And and then it was when I when I was living with Joe and hanging out with Joe. And seeing what he was doing, that I thought, oh, you know, I, I don't want to really say what he was doing, but, um, you know, he was like, hey, you know, you can, you know, we can, we can get this game, and and we can, you know, uh, we can get other types of games too. And I'm like, ooh, we, we can, can't we? And I'm like, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so, so I never really had John BT knows what we're talking about. Yes, John BT definitely knows. But what we were what we were talking about, in which Joe would get the quote unquote hookup. So, and our my old friend Mark Freeman too, if you remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but that was really kind of uh, my my gaming stuff. So, so I really never thought of um, of a system because I'd either go to a friend's house and play them, or I would just not really worry about it. Yeah, so, you you weren't lusting at the Toys R Us looking at the glass case or anything. So. Um, I lusted for games, um, but it, I didn't have any games to to play, so it was just kind of like you know nothing I could do about it. So <laughs> I was kind of like, oh. <laughs> so I didn't really worry about it. So, um, but that's uh pretty much all all of what we had. I think this was a really good conversation. Uh, thank you, Kev, for, uh, for jacking that story, <laughs> uh, that question from, um, from the other folks. Um, and so the next question that we have, um, for, uh, for all of you fine folks is, is given the, uh, Nintendo Direct and the Sony experience and all the different new releases that are coming out or that were announced, uh, which ones are you really excited for? Like, which ones... Are, are you, like, you know, it's a day one get for you. You might even pre-order. I know pre-orders is a bad word right now. But um, but let us know uh, what game um, has really got you, got you, like, yes, we have to do this now. Like, I, I need I need to play this game. I need to, I need to have this game in my life right now. Um, and uh, give us that, and then we will... Uh, and we will definitely talk about that on our next show. So that's pretty much it for me. Um, and I'm going to give it back over to Kevin. All right. So <clears throat> our next topic on the docket is going to be the news. 
Trader Joe, you got to the mic, man. All right, good deal. Okay, well, first thing we're going to talk about is what Desmond just mentioned, which was the most recent Nintendo Direct. And so, yeah, uh, on Tuesday, just Nintendo out of the blue said, hey, we got a Nintendo Direct coming. It's going to be on Thursday at whatever time it was. And so uh, everyone starts speculating, so on and so forth. And so uh, it basically we're announcing new games, they said, coming out for winter. And so they led off with a uh, Megaton Bomb, which happens to be Monster Hunter Rise getting a new expansion called Sunbreak on here. So they showed the trailer. Um, it is coming out for both Switch and also for Steam next summer on here so and um basically you could expect a new stories locations and monsters and kind of the graphics have a kind of a gothic type theme with a lot of purples at midnight and that kind of thing so we'll have to see you know what they are going to do i know i was doing a little poking around and they said i guess they're going to have a different ranks i believe and there's going to be another video capcom's going to release um during uh, their tokyo game show coverage which is coming up so that'll be up uh, next week and we'll talk about it on the next show so uh, pretty excited were you surprised when you saw this guys uh i can't say that i was i mean I was surprised to see it, but it seems like they're following the formula for for um, for Monster Hunter World. So I'm not so so and so in retrospect, I shouldn't have been surprised that we're getting that we're getting something as this seems to be the formula that they that they this seems to be a formula that they're developing. I think what's going to happen is after week after that releases, they're going to wait a couple months, and boom, we're going to get the expansion for uh, stories. You know. Um, so, so yeah, I'm not, uh, at, after looking at it and being like, you know, oh, what's going on? I, I, I shouldn't be surprised. And I don't think anyone else should be surprised either, but you know, yeah. but I'm, I'm excited for it. You know, only thing about to me is like, uh, because they are working on this, it just basically means I know this team is separate from the world team. And so it's like, I'm just hoping that, uh, we hear something more about, uh, next gen ps5 xbox series x like take on monster hunter like a true sequel to monster hunter world you know i hope hopefully that this doesn't impede that development so. you do you think it would i don't think it would i just I think don't think it have, will either think yeah, they have they got, three they have three things in the fire right now and i think they're gonna that's why i think they're gonna put out they're gonna put this out they're gonna put out the stories to dlc and then they're gonna announce uh a world two and that'll be their like return to like grander consoles i guess is what you can call it i don't know but but i think that's pretty much what's gonna happen and and then they're gonna miraculously find another world somewhere i don't know you know this 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 massive monster hunter planet that just keep going in and killing native wildlife i mean never mind they're just doing stuff so <laughs> so um any t any takes kevin on this i mean we've kind of dropped off rise i want to go back to rise now after watching this so yeah i'm i finished well i'm what i'm calling finishing rise i got into the i beat the whatever that big dragon that spins around in the ball i beat that i went on to do a few of the post 
the post-game missions. I think I've completed all of them. So as far as I'm concerned, I've finished Rise. Uh, so I don't, I personally have not seen anything that was going to make me come back to it. When Sunbreak drops, that'll probably be when I return to the game. Uh, unless you guys want to go back and, and get into the end game proper. Level up or something. Yeah of uh rise i can i i would jump back in there with you just to play but for me i have completed the game so uh i'll go back <laughs> i'll go back when when sunbreak comes out unless when unless you guys want to go back and finish the game then i jump back and play with you i might do some after you know after the akami and the mega man stuff got announced i won't definitely want to check out that stuff too so and check out some of the cosmetic stuff. So that's what I'm kind of looking at, you know, because that game was good. And that game is potential, like, game of the year for, I think, all of us, because as much as we played it. So, you know, and, uh, you know, it's already provided more than its fair share of value <laughs> on there. But uh, and I wouldn't mind revisiting it. So, you know, just seeing, seeing this just kind of rekindles those, like, got to play, got to turn that switch on turn our uh, discord on and go at it but uh they also uh, showed uh monster not mario golf super rush there's some new additions to it they have their uh second free post-launch update on their two new courses one snowy the other sandy and two new playable characters koopa troopa and ninjai and i would not go back to that trash if they pay me cash dollar so <laughs> wow you know i think when we were watching it, Desmond said I was a little, little bit too harsh on it. I uh, shouldn't have rushed to judgment, but uh, now nah, that game is trash. Yeah, <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I can't say nothing about that. Yeah. Nah. Everybody's golf has a beaten, beaten to a pulp. So you know. Um, they also showed a new trailer for Mario Party Superstars, which is coming out on October 29th. On their uh, online play is supported throughout, including the minigame only survival and tag match modes. And there's five returning classic N64 boards as well on there. So we'll s I'm not, you know, I, I remember when it debuted, I was kind of excited, but I'm still kind of mm, not sure if I'm going to buy this day one or not. I know Desmond's planning on buying it day one. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. I haven't played a, a decent. Sorry, I haven't played a good Mario Party. I don't want to say decent. I haven't played a good Mario Party in a very long time, and it's a it's a franchise that, or it's a yeah, it's a franchise that I really enjoyed. Um, so, so what's the hook of Mario Party? Because I've never played one. You literally play with your friends. There, that's Kevin. That's the hook. Is you you literally uh, hang out and you uh, you have your friends there and you. Um, make fun of people <laughs> yeah it's basically it's basically a video game version of like the game monopoly. of life or game of life yeah. or something yeah, like that monopoly. it's like it's yeah, like monopoly. monopoly there's mini yeah. games involved as well so yeah. so you can basically you know throw people off the of stuff and and you run around this board and and you're doing extra stuff when you're um and you're trying to get these stars uh on each of the board that's the thing that, you know you have a certain amount of you know, rounds you go around, or you can put certain amount of um, um, certain amount of turns, certain amount of rounds. I think it's another one that you can do. Yeah, I mean, it's just um, however you want to play it, really. Um, and that's 
at the end, tons of no, they'll accumulate the score, and whoever accumulates the most stars or whatever is the winner. So it's just like playing a board game. It's a video game board game come to life with a bunch yeah. of cool little mini games. That's a, like more of a party game, that kind of thing. So you get to laugh at your friends and stuff. So. Yeah, that's always fun. Nothing too deep as far as like Monopoly, <laughs> where you have no like you know um properties or anything like that there is another game called fortune street that came out for the wii that is like a long-running like monopoly kind of ripoff that square enix kind of brought mario characters in every so often it's like based off a dragon quest that kind of runs that whole property monopoly thing and rolls with it so (laughs) on there so you know well we'll see you know maybe desmond will buy it for my christmas present my gaming stepdad will like you know put it under the tree for me but we'll see i don't know about all that <laughs> damn it dad uh they also um showed a switch port of disco elysium the final cut just coming on october 12th on there um i guess it's the game is kind of you know not super the greatest graphical or anything like that so it easily can fit on the switch and it's cool that's coming to the switch as well um chocobo racing is Uh making its return so chocobo gp this game actually was announced for the 3ds and canceled and so and now they came out with a switch port and you can do all the final fantasy kart racing you'd want to do with chocobos moogles mages and all that wonderful stuff that is coming out in 2022 on there so if you can't get enough of that kart racing What's what's the deep side for? I mean, I mean, I just a... I'd rather I just I'd rather just play uh, the Mario Kart. Like I, I get it, people have all different types of racing, and there's all different types of um, folks who are doing all different types of things. But I just yeah. for me, it's all about um, I don't know. It's just all about Mario Kart. It's like no, you like an oh, iPhone. Gosh. You're like an iPhone guy. I only plan. I only have the iPhone. oh, this country <laughs> man. It was just like. Everybody's golf. <laughs> Mario golf's terrible. <laughs> yeah, well, proof's in the pudding the way it plays now. If this game plays you like shit, what? then, you know, say la vie. But, hey, if I if I had a chocobo fetish and I wanted to you know, play a good wow. race. <laughs> I, I, I was going nowhere near the fetishes. But, um, I mean, like, you know, if, you well, well, if, you're a, if you're a chocobo furry, that's fine. Yeah, you know. if, if I like uh, see a Moogle and I like get all you know warm and gooey, you know, it's like, come on, man. Imagine that, Kev. If like if we find out that 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 Joe, like is a is a is like a furry and he loves dressing up as a Moogle, I would be like, you know what, buddy, teach his own. You're like you, you live your best uh, life, buddy. Thank you, but no, that's not my persuasion. But at Do the I same need to time, call a psychiatrist. <laughs> no, not not yet. After all this gamer stepdad crap, maybe. A counselor. <laughs> I'll let you own you though. It's fine. I'll let you be you. Yeah, thank yeah. you. So if, Gar- Chocobo Chocobo if, if Garfield Cart can exist, so can Chocobo GP. Let, let it live on its own, sir. That's let true. it live on its own. So so for anyone excited for Chocobo GP, you know, gamingvessels at gmail.com where we have the discords. <laughs> let I'll us let know. You, I'll let you play that game. Not planning on it. Thank you, but <laughs> This would be the, the game I would get if uh, if I was still married. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> you, know what, buddy? you 
you you keep talking like that. I'm gonna have to. I might have to, you know, buy it for you. No, it's okay. <laughs> Just a silence. You can, you can you can buy it for me. I'll go trade it in. You got to buy it digitally for me. So better not trade it in. <laughs> uh, then we had a new announcement for a new game, uh, Voice of Cards: The Isle Dragon Roars. It's a new card-based. RPG from near creator Yoko Taro on there, and demos were released. Even though this was on a Nintendo Direct, it actually is coming out for everything under the sun except for Xbox for some reason. It's coming out for Switch, PS4, 5, and also for Steam on there. So it's a card-based RPG, and it kind of looks cool. I downloaded the demo. I don't know what you feel about this, uh, Des. I know you are a Magic the Gathering fan, so... I thought it would. I thought it looked kind of cool. I I have not uh, downloaded it yet. Um, I plan to because I want to see how it plays. Um, I think this is one of those pick up and go kind of games you can that 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 is good for the Switch. You know, you can again pop it in, uh, run around while you're sitting on the bus or an airport or wherever you're going. You know, or you're on the couch and you can just kind of play a couple hands and then move the story on a little bit and then stop. I think this is for built for casual players who just like card 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 based video games and i think it's great like I, I i don't see anything wrong with it will i buy it um i have no idea if i'm gonna buy it or not um i guess that's what demos are for so yes and it's kind of cool even though it was announced on the direct that's available for other platforms as well you know you can I, take it i'd under- rather play the wipeout card game myself <laughs> <laughs> savage oh savage uh, then they had another uh, revealing about, hey, we're going to reveal the final Smash Brothers fighter. And they said, wait, oh, we have an announcement on October the 5th. So I was gonna... so annoyed. I'm so annoyed. I was like, I thought you were going to talk about it. And they're like, no, we're going to wait. I'm like, really? Why? Just <laughs> got to spread and that out. Then uh, Nintendo came out and said Nintendo Switch Online is getting an upgrade. So you could uh, pay extra money for the expansion pack on there. And they said, what does this expansion pack include? And they started showing trailers from some N64 titles, including Zelda Ocarina of Time, Star Fox 64, Mario Kart 64, and Mario 64. Uh, They also stated... Mario Kart 64 will offer online play, but not only do you get that, you also get Sega Genesis games as well, including Echo the Dolphin, Streets of Rage 2, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, and other titles on there. It looks like from looking at the slide that they show for the Genesis, uh, they have Shining Force, Fantasy Star 4, Ristar, Shinobi 3, so on and so forth, so... Everything you would probably get if you buy a Sega Genesis compilation on another platform for way cheaper than what you would have to pay for a yearly subscription for any of these services. So, And I, I don't know if anyone wanted to play more N64 games after that virtual console on the Wii or not. But hey, guess what? If you want to pay additional money, by all means. I know Nintendo fans out there are probably... Wizen and <laughs> uh, I'm not going to say another word. Yeah, they're, they are getting their rocks off looking at all this wonderful N64 goodness. I always thought the N64 was the redheaded stepchild of the consoles back in the day between the PlayStation and Saturn. And I mean, the games that they have 
and you know super mario 64 zelda ocarina of time you know star fox 64 i mean they have other games like dr mario 64 i'm clamoring to play that that version of that game <laughs> i thought you were gonna be happy about that and yoshi's story but uh yeah but I, thought, I thought you'd be happy oh so. me happy no no i'm not they have not announced any sort of money as far as how much this additional expansion pass will cost. But you notice that. Um, <laughs> you notice that. Huh? They're going to reveal that at a later time on there. And they also said that they have upcoming games, including Banjo Kazooie, Pokemon Snap, Major- Legend of Zelda's Majora's Mask, Kirby 64, The Crystal Shards, Paper Mario, and F Zero X. So. And they also unveiled uh, two new controllers. They have an N64 wireless controller for the Switch, which looks cool. Too bad the controller is a piece of crap. And wow. also had the Sega Genesis three-button controller uh, for 50 bucks, wireless play. I don't know why, but on the Japanese Direct, they had the Sega Mega Drive six-button controller, and you can go out and buy a uh, license six button genesis controller from retrobit for i think 25 bucks they announced that both of these controllers will cost 50 dollars each why do i want to have a sega genesis three button controller for any reason and especially having to paying a premium for it so so yeah i'm not uh too Happy I'm noticing this. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm noticing this. Yes. Like, what do you guys feel about this expansion I, pass to Nintendo Online? So I am very like, wow, Joe, you just don't <laughs> seem very uh, impressed by it at all. Like, no, I am, I, I am covering my news with a bias. Dun, dun, dun. I kind of sound like you are. I, dun, dun, dun. I know how I feel about this. Go to your room. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I I never I I had an N64 for whatever reason. Well, I know the reason it had uh, Rogue Squadron. That's really the only reason I bought it. And uh, I never played Mario 64, which is probably <laughs> another cardinal sin with regard to that console. But I was not enthused by anything I saw in this particular section of the of the direct. Uh, um... So. My I don't experience. really see a reason to expand from what I yeah. already have. No, not me either. I mean, the Sega Genesis games that they showed were available 10 million other places. <laughs> and the N64 games, I want to play with an authentic, crappy N64 controller. Uh, and I'd rather play SNES Star Fox than N64 Star Fox. I think this SNES one looks better. That's, that's just me. Uh, Star Fox 64 is actually pretty cool, but the three the 3DS port of it is pretty pretty cool. And so if I'm gonna play, I'll play that there. Everything else, it's like only thing I collected for N64 back in the day was the dust on the console. Wow. <laughs> it's basically all yeah. I collected on. So. I played Ocarina of Time. I played in, uh, Mario 64. I've dabbled with it a few other times, but yeah, I have no. I thought Mario Kart 64 was trash compared to the SNES version. Yeah, of Mario Kart. yeah, yeah. You I know, agree. Star Fox 64 at the time was cool, but you know, at that time, you know, would I rather play Panzer Dragoon one and two or Star Fox with uh, crappy like you know faded out like. Uh, 
um, color mosaic shades and whatnot, you know. Yeah. So I, I, I got my got my snob up on this thing. The N64 is an abomination <laughs> from yeah. the SNES. <laughs> and N64 kid, you you are great to scream and you know Nintendo 64, but it was N64 was pretty bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Wow. Saturn and PlayStation kind of like you know clean Nintendo's clock back then. So, yeah. uh, next thing they showed was something that came out of the blue, but Square Enix decided to acknowledge uh, some of their back Enix catalog, and they have Shadow Drop, a uh, version of Razor, uh, which originally was released on the SNES uh, close to launch. On there, so Act Razor Renaissance was announced and is out as we speak. Uh, retail price 30 bucks on there, um, looks pretty cool. I, I'm kind of curious to get your impressions, Kev, because I know you were a big Act Razor fan back in the day, as, as as was I on there. So, yeah, I liked what I saw, and I'll be I'll be picking it up. What, what uh, platform are you going to be buying it on? I'll probably I might get out get out on the switch. I I didn't know it was coming anywhere else. It shadow dropped on the direct, but it was actually out for a release for both PlayStation and Steam, and so I actually bought it for PlayStation oh, earlier I'll today. Buy it so. on PlayStation then. Yep. Give me achievos and you know super the greatest yeah. graphics and a better control. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why you're my stepson. <laughs> <laughs> Hurt my eyes. Hurt my eyes with those pixels, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I could I could play it in the toilet. Oh wait, no. I don't need to take it in anywhere. Thank you. So Well, you know, you remember you already got the uh the the um the um uh what is it, the steam the steam shop, the steam thing. So Steam Deck, take, yeah. You can't take it in the bathroom. Yeah, I could. I guess I could play it on the Switch too if I wanted to, but I did buy it on the PlayStation, so I'll be be enjoying it there. I'll hopefully have some impressions next episode of this fine show. Uh, Nintendo also dropped the heavily rumored and leaked the Hellenback Castlevania Advanced Collection. Um, it is out for Switch, PlayStation, um, Steam, and then everyone was waiting that night once it dropped. It was supposed to come out for Xbox, and the Xbox version got delayed 24 hours. It finally dropped. So all you X, three Xbox fans that want to play Castlevania Advanced Collection, you have an opportunity to do so as well on here. So this uh, collection does have all the GBA Castlevania games, the Castlevania Circle of the Moon, Castlevania Harmony of Dissidents, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow, also including uh, Castlevania Dracula X in the collection. I'm not sure if it's the, uh, it is the SNES Dracula X. I was hoping it was the um, PC Engine Dracula X, but uh, I think there's other places you can get that if you need to play that as well on there. But uh, great that Konami is, you know, at least publishing their prior Castlevanias, because I know they sure can't develop a new one for some reason. So, and uh, it's priced for uh, twenty bucks. So I think uh, this is going to be a uh, good uh, value buy for. Uh, it's a lot of game. 
Yeah, a lot, a lot of game. I mean, and those games are expensive now. Uh, if you do have the original or wanted to play them on the GBA, so I'm glad that they have enough, you know, plenty of places that you could. Play I have a couple games. of them. Yeah. So, and I don't like. I have a couple of them, and I'm just like, ooh, you know. So I, I might grab them too. I mean, <clears throat> what, platform, what platform were you going to play it on? You're going to stick with the Switch since they were originally Nintendo games, or? And I, I talk a, I talk a good game, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get it on the on the uh, PlayStation most likely. It's just gotcha. Better, just I thought better. you were gonna say Xbox. I thought you know, maybe that. Uh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. You are. You obviously are not my son. So. Um. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> any any interest in this, Kev? Uh, catch your eye a little bit, or the Metroidvania is kind of leaving you a little bit. Yeah, the the Metroidvania is kind of. I'm I'm holding out for uh, uh, the Metroid Metroid Dread. That's going to be my Metroidvania. That because I'm sure that's going to stress me out. <laughs> well, I don't really need to mess you. with any of the other ones. Can't blame you. I, you know, if this comes on sale, I would definitely tell you to check it out because um, the Circle of the Moon, the first GBA Castlevania, is not really a um, like a ca- Metroidvania game. It's more of uh, a traditional Castlevania game, yeah. basically. So, yeah. Um, and same thing with Dracula X. Dracula X is definitely more yeah. of a eight and sixteen bit inspired. It's only the Dracula X. Uh, if you do play it, Des, there is a collection that comes with the um, Rondo of Blood, the um, PC Engine yeah. version. Wow. On there, and it has also the um, Symphony of the Night included with it. Yeah, so. I, I remember. I remember, and I have the one with uh, Soma. I think that's Aria of Darkness. Aria of Sorrow. Aria of yeah. Sorrow. That was. That's actually a really good one. Actually, yeah, that's I, part of this collection too. Yeah, so. when I saw that as part of the collection, I was like, "Oh, okay, I see what you're doing. This is this is kind of nice." So I was I was actually kind of happy about about seeing that one. So it's it's yeah. I would definitely. I mean, like again, I have that. I have those games. Um, in in yeah, um, in box. Yeah, yeah. I've got. I have. I have. Um, no, I sold the other one. I have. I have. Um, the dark aria of darkness that's that's the one i have i kept that one because i really enjoyed that game i thought that game was really good i beat it so i was like yeah. that game is really good so you should go and uh go try to sell that i mean i don't know if you know the prices of those wonderful i games. i never look at the prices of games that's why i gave you that cannon spike because i'm like okay <laughs> Yeah, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow right now is uh, complete in box, 265 bucks, uh, oh. new, like uh, close to $500. So obviously buying this collection is way better than trying to own the originals. <laughs> well, I don't think so. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, All right. Also shown on the direct, they had a uh, announcement from Asper Media, a game of... Star Wars Pass, Knights of the Old Republic, not the new shiny PS5 version, but the old ranky-danky PC version is coming to Switch, arriving on November 11th. So if you wanted to play the port and play the uh, original 20-year-old game on your Nintendo Switch and all the greatest graphic galore, you could go ahead and and check it out there. um, there, I mean, that that was struggling. That was struggle. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
It's there for the people that want it. I mean, I know I'm not saying it shouldn't be there, but that 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 was struggling. Yeah, that that was struggling. I don't don't know why you're doing this. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm not trying again. I'm not trying to be like rude or anything, but I was just like, you can get that game so many other places, you know, right now, and and it's just. It's just better on so many other platforms. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know why they would people would want to do this. I, I, I just don't know why. You know, I, I, I like to find out why things are happening or what's what's the um the overall like like well I know there's money to be had and folks are just trying not to leave money on the table, so I get that, but I don't know. I just don't know. It's like, this nostalgia is just kind of crazy. Yeah, Asper has been releasing a bunch of the old Star Wars games, and they're working with Lucasfilm games and, you know, porting them to every place. And that's kind of cool for Star Wars fans, especially if they haven't had an opportunity to play the games. But, yeah, like you said, uh, Kotar is definitely out places where you could play it. And, you know, I know that uh, the Xbox versions has, like, a, uh, you know, up-res super the greatest as you can greatest as you can make it obviously on the xbox series consoles and whatnot and, and play it on steam as well yeah so. and the and the steam versions and all that have have like um uh mods and stuff to like smooth it out make it look better and i'm just like i don't know i it, it's got they're, they're doing it for you know for for nostalgia and nostalgia being what it is is fine but i'm just like really like really um, but yeah, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, also announced at the show, new Hyrule Warriors DLC expansion pass wave two launches on October 29th. Have you decided to go back to that game, Kev, at all? If you want to play it into DLC or is this kind of, I where... will, I will. Cause it is a great game. The, the, the core game is very good. It's just hindered by the, uh, lack of processing power on the switch. And I, I don't mean that in a, in a, in a derogatory manner, but when you got a lot of enemies on the screen, the the frame rate chokes. And uh, I I really do hope that 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 is going to be addressed in a Switch hardware update, um, because I I think uh, uh, Calamity is just a fantastic Muso. It, it's probably the best one the best one that I've played. Uh, in a long time since Fist of the North Star. I'll put it that Damn. way. Damn, that's high high praise from you, Kev. So yeah. it's it's really good. It's really good. It's just hand it's just hampered by the hardware. All right. Next thing they announced, um, both me I think Desmond was like, what the hell? Why? Uh, they <laughs> Techland uh, had a trailer for Dying Light 2, Stay Human, the cloud version for Switch. <laughs> one. So that that's like coming that. out in December, uh, along with the uh, not December, it's coming out in February. Uh, got pushed back on there. So, but it's coming out day and date with all the other versions of the game on February the fourth on there. But if you wanted to play Dying Light 2 on your Switch, hey, you, you could do so. In the meantime, waiting for Dying Light 2 to come out, uh, Dying Light. Platinum Edition will be ported over the Switch and be out on October 19th if you ever wanted to play that game on that small screen and enjoy it for all of its great gaming goodness on there. So 
on that. So it just kind of came out of left field. Uh, they showed a Metroid Dread trailer, which looked pretty pretty cool. New trailer on there. Plus they uh, announced that they have some uh, sections on their website. On there gives a little bit more of the backstory of the game. It's looking good on there. I know I was telling Desmond when we were watching the direct together. I don't know if I was going to buy this on launch, but uh, uh, it's something to where I think I would probably want to play this together with you guys to get kind of overall impressions for the show. So, and I think it does look good. So, um, do you there. think it's one of those things where, where Nintendo's just like, eh, why not? <laughs> like, do you think that that's what's happening with some of this stuff? You know, it's like, oh, well, you talk about all these ports, you mean? Yeah, it's like they're like kind of like, why not? Like, well, I think I, I think the companies that see the Switch audience and see that there's money to be made uh, will want to port all their older games. You know, just like uh, they announced a Disney Magical World 2 port on there. I know they always try to make sure that they have one or two kitty games for the Christmas rush that kind of thing on there, you know, just like we have the like DC princesses or whatever the other uh, kitty crap that they <laughs> have developed and got ready for the system. And, you know, it's kind of cool because, you know, for someone that's only eating on the Switch, you're getting all these games ported. It's not like you don't have a lack of games to play on here. And the uh, audience there might not have purchased your game on another platform because imagine a lot of Switch players might be pretty much in it to win it like diehard Nintendo folk. And so I could see reason the financial reason why you'd want to bring your game over to the Switch. And I'm not, um, for us multi-platform folk, on here i kind of turn my nose because it's like you know unless i'm like on the go constantly or something i don't want to touch the switch you know i'd rather play it at home right even if the switch had a uh, home switch home version where i didn't have the screen or anything and didn't have the ability to take it portable and have it run with better fidelity and better graphics i would do that in a freaking heartbeat and i think all of us would probably say so you know yeah i think I think just 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 as an off-topic really thing, I just think one of the reasons is um, for whatever reason the Switch I think hampered itself by trying to make this system portable. You know, sure it gives them um, it gives them kind of like this weird sort of like you know this is kind of cool, wow, but or this this is novel, but but when they want to like and I can't say and I can't say like it's like you know when they're ready to come compete, you know they can. You know, do this because they're they're holding market share. So so they're not stupid. This shit works. It's just I just wish that they would just put more emphasis onto their um, uh, onto their actual like system like system and, and and sustaining the the um, the system because I don't know how long um, this could last in in its current uh, figuration until people just are like just like you know. You yeah. can't keep you can't keep you know gambling or, or trading on your name. You know I need you need a little bit more to to, to stay competitive. Nintendo is so. going to do their own thing. They're going to march to their own drum. Like I get so. that, but at the same time, it's like you know, is it is it worth still still doing that and knowing that at some point you know you might get lost in the dust? Because wasn't Sega doing that shit too? And then like look at them now. Uh, Sega screwed up way more than Nintendo did. The Nintendo's big 
Gaffaw was basically uh, N64, and then that really screwed their GameCube, uh, you know, rollout as well. But oh, they, right. I get it, but it's yeah. but I'm just worried that that if they keep messing around with these consoles and not putting out, you know, stuff to to to, to fully, you know, grab market share and compete with with PlayStation and and uh, Sony, uh, sorry, uh, Sony and Microsoft, that that they could be like not long. And they're they're outselling both of them right now. Yeah, in fact, if you look at the top thirty chart in Japan, basically, well, they are. They're, well, I guess they don't have to worry about it then. I'm just top top thirty in Japan. Literally, like uh, they commented like uh, about them two months ago. All thirty games were Switch games. It was the first mm-hmm. time that had happened in Japan in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. So PlayStation that's, is that's losing market share in Japan and well, Xbox. Well, this is Japan, though. You know, yeah. what's, what's going on in, in, in the U.S.? What's going on in Asia? What's going on in in, in these other areas, you know? Nintendo, Nintendo's uh, eating, eating good on there. They're, they're doing good. I think all three platform manufacturers or um, console manufacturers are doing okay, you know, so. I don't think we're going to see... Uh, Nintendo go back to a traditional tabletop console. I think the Switch has just been too popular. Yeah. I think whatever it's going, whatever the next iteration of hardware is going to be from Switch, from Nintendo, it is going to be, number one, is going to be price friendly, it is going to be portable in it, at it, in its core, um, core configuration, and it, the only thing I would probably like to see it, and it'll probably be cartridge based or or SD card based. I don't think they're going to uh, switch switch pun in, <laughs> pun intended <laughs> from what they've already got going because if financially for them to go now, I, I, I'll say this. I, I will say this though. I would like to see them come up with something that would at least be on par with the Steam Deck. But I don't think they are going to do that because it would put their product at too high of a price point. So it'll probably be something from a power perspective, uh, something a little lower, un- unless or it could match the Steam Deck if it if this thing comes out in a couple years and that tech, those components are more available and uh, they'll be able to get them cheaper. So it might be a Steam Deck. Uh, equivalent in power but again they don't really need to do that because Nintendo games don't require a whole lot of horsepower to look good yeah they have gray art direction is what they emphasize and they've been doing that since GameCube basically so okay yeah well that was just my 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 little thought about it so gotcha Okay. We have to belabor the point. It's just I just I just kind of every now and then I just kind of worry about Nintendo, but that's just me. Yeah, no, no, nothing to worry about Nintendo. Let's go and we'll finish up covering everything shown at the direct. I know another game that you uh, were interested in, and I was interested in as well as uh, Triangle Strategy on here, and that got a trailer on the Nintendo Direct. It's going to launch on Switch on March the fourth. Uh, they did state that the feedback they got from the demo and they did some changes and the kind of demonstrating the changes that w- was completed on here. And so game's looking good. It's a tactical RPG, you know, turn-based strategy 
on here. Uh, interested, Des? It's going to be a day one get for you, or are you going to check out the it's demo? Probably not gonna be, it's probably not going to be a day one get for me, but I will be ending up picking up. I, I expect it to be an Octopath Traveler kind of thing. I don't think it's going to sell out or or have any kind of um, scarcity. Um, yeah, I, it's just a I game think, that I want to uh, that I will be picking up for it. I think eventually it'll probably just like the other two games uh, with Bravely Default Two and also with Doctor Path Traveler make its way over to Steam and make its way over to other platforms on there. You know, Octopath's on Xbox currently, so agreed uh, on there. So and you know, uh, Bravely Default was just announced for or launched for Steam this month. So mm-hmm. so it's, again, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. Also, too, and another uh, game title on a port that was kind of announced that caught your eye uh, was a uh, port of the Shadowrun trilogy. It's coming to Switch in 2022 from Paradox Interactive. That will include Shadowrun Return, Shadowrun Dragonfall, Director's Cut, and Shadowrun Hong Kong Extended Edition on here. So these games have been on PC for quite a bit of time, but this is the first time they have uh, been unveiled for consoles, so we'll have to see um, how they make these games run on the Switch on there. I know, Des, you're interested in not knowing that these games are already on PC for a year and a day, probably, right? No, I knew that they were already there. Good deal, good deal. I knew, I so, just, this is, again, um, if I remember correctly, I, again, I can't really speak to this because I don't really know if yeah. they had um, controller support or not. And remember, I was not playing... I was not playing um, PC games uh, for a while there, so it wasn't until... I don't even know myself. Yeah, Shadowrun was... The only game I really played was the SNES version of Shadowrun. I know there was an Xbox version, uh, Xbox 360, like uh, a first-person shooter that some people loved, but other people didn't. But... uh, looking at the expansion and looking at Steam, it doesn't look like they do support controllers. Um, so that's why I was like, I'm probably yeah. not going to end up playing this game until until it is, you know, uh, you know, on on a con on a on a console which has controller support. Again, I just do not like, you know, uh, keyboard and mouse. I just don't. But who knows? Um, I might have to uh, just start accepting that, you know, that's where my life is going. So I keep on. Although I'll do a little more research and see if maybe there's some, you know, backdoor controller support for this game. I'm going to have to start so. doing um, some, some finger exercises, you know, to get my finger. There you going. go. Get more limber. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Also announced during the show, Delta Rune Chapter 1 and 2 is also announced that got released a couple days ago. This is like the quirky uh, RPG from the developer Toby Fox who did Undertale on there. And so there's uh, definitely a lot of people that love Undertale and are happy to see Chapters 1 and 2 now available. Also available on Steam and also on PS4 as well on there. Um, they are eventually going to release chapters three, four, and five, and they're going to be um, pay to play on there. So, I guess they wanted to give everyone a taste with chapters one and two, being able to play those for free to be able to get a, a better audience for the game. So it's kind of a unique way that they release these. Uh, they have great music as well. So uh, I don't know. If, is that something, Des, that you might check out? Eh, probably not. I wasn't really too in, too interested in the game. Like I know what the games are about, and yeah. I've seen them before, but I just was this wasn't anything that really kind of like made me uh, pick up and say, "Oh, I really need to play this game." You know. So. Gotcha. 
I might check it out just because it's free, and I never played Undertale, even though it's in my backlog, you know. So if anyone out there is a fan of either game, just let us know on there. Uh, Rune Factory 5 got a release date of March 22nd, 2022 in North America, so it's the latest version of, you know, the uh, Harvest Moon spinoff, uh, RPG spinoff, but, you know, obviously you, you go and do dungeons, you romance people, you farm and you cook and you craft on there so it's actual dare i say a valid great game in comparison to a game like animal crossing or something like that so, <laughs> so <laughs> i'm not down with the animal crossing i'm sorry but obviously rune factory actually is something i've dabbled with but never really played too much i know you bought the latest port for the switch des uh, rune factory 4 special i think so yeah it's not bad not bad. So looking fine. Okay, they also showed um, long trailer for Splatoon 3, and I like the look of the game. I like the art style of the game. I like the music. Too bad it's Splatoon. <laughs> That's <what> my <laughs> impressions of it. So I don't, for whatever reason, Splatoon never got to me, and then maybe I'll need to go back and play either one or two to give it a fair shake because everything that they showed with this game is all uh, fantastic, you know, as far as the art design, the look of the city, and so on and so forth. So, what's you guys' take on Splatoon 3? I'm not a Splatoon fan, so I will pass it on to Kev. <laughs> I would have to... I'm not a Splatoon player either. I have to wonder if my nephew is into Splatoon. I don't know if he... Because right now, it, it Smash is his world. Uh, Smash and uh, uh, Dragon Ball and uh, Monster Hunter. That, uh, Monster Hunter. He's been playing the, the Guilty Gear uh, as well. So I have. To, I'll have to ask him if he's in. If he's in, in. Was ever into the Splatoon games? Uh, for me, they never really talked to me. I'm not. I'm not that multi multiplayer shooter dude at all. Like at all. So. Well. That doesn't that 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 doesn't appeal to me. You know, it's I think the art and the music is enough for me to maybe take a look at this once it comes out. And you know, if I could get Splatoon two for like twenty bucks, thirty bucks, hell, I might just try to get it from the library. Actually, that sounds like a great idea. I just talked myself into <laughs> renting a, a Switch game from the library. It's probably available. So you know, I'll let everyone know if anyone out there listening has splatoon love and wants to kind of tell us a little bit more why you love splatoon the series in general let us know on here and tell us what we're missing yeah. <laughs> on there so uh next thing they showed uh, also as well was a new kirby game so kirby got a game kirby and the forgotten land which i know des you complimented the developer is saying that the title is very generic sounding, and it is, but the game looks good. Uh, looks good, yeah. It's basically Kirby in a, like an uh, open, like abandoned world. I was even joking with you when we were watching it, like you know, before the show Kirby, saying, to, "What if they did an anime version of I Am Legend?" You know, with a yeah, you said it's the <laughs> I Am Legend version of Kirby, and I was like, "Yes, with with the with the Chibi Will Smith like running around with Kirby or something," you know. So, <laughs> I imagine if Kirby was in the game with zombies, I think that would be interesting. That's no, bad, but... it would not. It'd be horrible. <laughs> Kirby all sucking up them zombies. <laughs> so. 
but yeah, uh, they showed uh, Kirby roaming a uh, kind of a land that's been abandoned, uh, similar to I Am Legend, you know, where he's it's nowhere, it's and... nowhere near I Am Legend. I know it's not, but... <laughs> well, he was going through a mall, with, yeah, with and an it's escalator. abandoned. Yeah, that I've never seen a mall in a Kirby game. open world aspects platforming acts you know usual kirby abilities on there um it looks like at some points you are you know befriending dogs and and ducks on there and probably running some missions and doing you know this that so it's definitely a new take kirby's always been like kind of the uh games that they kind of gone and maybe run wild with the gameplay and kind of experiment a little bit. And so I kind of appreciate this experimentation. You know, this does not, you know, not Kirby Breath of the Wild or anything like that. But <laughs> it does definitely look like it's out of the ordinary for a 2D platforming usual Kirby on there. And I'm glad they put them in an actual game and not a free-to-play fighting game or, you know, brawling game or anything like that. That there's an actual 30, $60 product that is going to be a full encompassing like adventure with Kirby and a new uh, place in a new setting so kind of looks cool it's definitely something to keep an eye out in 2022 once it is released I'm, I'm definitely interested in it because Kirby's my favorite Nintendo mascot um, and my favorite game on the on the what is it the the DS, the Nintendo DS was Planet Robo. I I played I played that a lot. <laughs> so 3DS rather was Planet Robo. So yeah, I'm I'm interested in seeing it and definitely want to definitely be picking it up. Yeah, all the Kirby games on uh, 3DS were especially good. So and then uh, lo and behold, uh, also Miyamoto-san <laughs> made an appearance. And did we get a new hot new game title? being in development for Miyamoto-san. No, we didn't. We got an announcement about the Super Mario movie. So we got not any footage from the movie itself, but a lot of uh, voice actor announcements for the various characters. So uh, obviously they're speaking to their audience with Nintendo Direct, but they announced a number of different noted actors, the voicing different characters uh, in the movie uh chris pratt is going to be playing mario um, stop the italian erasure <laughs> good old desmond speaking up for the italian americans out there stop the italian erasure cultural appropriation right those erasure they didn't they didn't allow an actual like italian person to play mario but, Chris you get Danny DeVito. Yeah, there you go. That would have been more appropriate, probably. Right? <laughs> uh, they also announced uh, Anya Taylor-Joy as Princess Peach. Uh, Charlie Day as Luigi, which is great casting. That's the only thing, only casting I saw. <laughs> that was like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, Jack Black will voice Bowser. Uh, Keegan Michael K is going to do Toad on there. So, and then Seth Rogen. He's, at, he's comic relief. 
Yes, Seth Rogen, after smoking all his marijuana, will voice Donkey Kong as well on there. And uh, they also said that uh, Charles Martinet, the longtime voice of Mario, will be able to appear in surprise cameos in the movie as well. So uh, they had some other actors for some other um, characters in the in the movie. Um, Kevin Michael Richardson as K-Mac. Uh, Cranky Kong by Fred, Fred Armisen and then Spike by Sebastian Maniske. I can't pronounce that last name. Do you, can you, uh, do you know how to pronounce that, Des? I do not. Okay. But, not but, uh, if I remember correctly, but if I remember correctly, he is an actual, like, real voice actor. Gotcha. Uh, same with the first name that you mentioned. He's, he's done a lot of stuff with, uh, um, Seth, uh, Seth McFarlane and was, has done a lot of stuff, um, with um, Family Guy and the Cleveland Show and all this other stuff, so so they are actually mixing in like you know real voice actors with the other folks. So yeah, and I I don't mind that they took some time out of this, but I don't really care. I don't know if you guys really care. I don't. Oh, I mean, I don't really care that it's like I don't really care that it's um what's his name. Like I don't need it to be Chris Pratt. Um, I'm happy because I've always been a fan of Keegan-Michael Keyes, so I'm, like, happy about that. Uh, but overall, uh, I will most likely... Well, one good thing is they're doing it animated with Illumination Studios, who did, like... Um, minions. Uh, yeah, Minions and the, the, the whole Groot series, or Gru from uh, Despicable Me. So they have a pretty good pedigree, but I just don't think that this is... Gonna be it. Well, I think it'll be better than the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which which people love, which I thought was. It's getting a, it got a sequel, so it's getting a sequel. Yeah, it's good. yeah, there's money to be made, so. Yeah, and I I think that's the best thing that they could do was make it animated. I just don't know. Like, I'm just thinking about the cringe factor of what's going to be happening with it. Like, I'm just like, Ooh, you know. The the cringe factor had to do with the announcements of the voice actors and the oh I can't wait to see what Chris Son does with Mario I can't wait to see what Jack Son does with Donkey Kong it's like oh my God you're killing me with the Seth Son and the Jack Son crap that's real though that's how they do it you know that, that's how Japanese folks talk you know that's that's their respect so I that's kind of I know that's... I know it just I don't know I guess because they're actually translating the Japanese and they're using the the son after the end it's just I don't know to me it just they don't deserve to be sons no they do they do I don't know how you feel about Kevin any any comments um I really don't have any comment on it I I'm surprised there hasn't well there was that Mario movie back in the 80s that uh, yeah, but I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be part of the canon. I don't know if that's going to be part of the canon. It's not. It, it would. <laughs> me, I, I don't have. I don't feel one way or the other about it. I don't have a problem with the casting. I don't have a problem with any of this stuff. I would have rather this been a new Mario game announcement. Oh, uh, But you know. It is what it is. I, will I go see it? I'm well. I'm not going to a theater anytime soon. But if it comes to a streaming service, I'll I'll probably check it out. Which it will. I mean, you can't. You bet your bottom dollar that will be in in a in a in a um uh, on a streaming service most definitely. For sure. So 
And then last but not least, to close up the direct and close up this new segment for this episode, um, we saw the last trailer, you know, the um, Nintendo executive, we got one more thing to show you. And it happened to be the um, long awaited uh, debut of Bayonetta 3. I think we only got to see like a, a logo shot when it was initially announced back in 2017 <laughs> so and uh, we finally got to see a trailer and uh, actual gameplay from this thing so um i'll what's your impressions kev because i want to definitely want to get your take on this so it, it's it's definitely not what i expected i was not expecting bayonetta the kaiju edition mm. uh, i think they're taking the gameplay in a different in a different mode and a different aspect I'm I'm kind of in, I definitely I'm definitely interested in it. Um, Bayo is kind of she's wearing more clothes. I was kind of surprised at that. Yeah. Uh, I think I think uh, Nintendo was kind of they they were probably fearing some me too as me too as an ization. So I think they probably wanted to put some more put some more clothing on the character. Which I, I think the character design was still cool. Um, it, it's it's not going to affect me one way or the other, but uh, I think some of this woke nonsense is affecting gaming as far as the artistic direction. Some of this stuff, that's just my opinion. But uh, the gameplay, I, I have to I have to say the thing that has me most uh, intrigued at this point is how this whole kaiju gameplay is going to roll out because the camera position for Bayonetta and she's doing these these dancing gyrations and whatnot and where her her hair manifestation and the and the monster that that manifestation is fighting it's not a good perspective for complete control it, it so I'm wondering if you're going to be doing like cause the idea that I had was maybe there are some like patapon like button presses that you have to do to do certain commands to issue certain commands. So she's dancing to a beat and maybe you have to hit some buttons to execute certain attacks like, you know, at one point the her hair was breathing some type of dark fire at something and. You know that that perspective does not lend itself to good action, 3D action controls. So I don't know if that was just a perspective they decided to edit for the trailer, or if that is going to be the perspective you're going to be playing uh, when that mode comes into play. But I'm definitely intrigued by it. Um, I'm definitely interested in the core combat because you know so we didn't see a whole lot of it. There was some, a point where she was fighting in what looked like a subway car, and that did not look the greatest. I, I, I have to, I have to be honest. Particularly coming off of Project Eve, I'm you know, I'm sorry, Shift Up, Shift Up called them out big time. You know, say what you want, but uh, that. I'm hoping that the regular, the standard combat is good. I know that they showed her fighting that uh, 
Jelly Gut Boss, and she kicked it into that building. That was pretty cool, but I think that was either a mini boss or a boss fight. Uh, I'm really interested in seeing the more uh, the standard combat systems that are going to be in play when you're fighting the the non-boss, non-named enemy types, and how that's going to how that's going to work. Uh, there was a statement from the director of the game because uh, Kamiya is not directing this game. He's actually yeah. executive directing it this time. The um, new director is a platinum employee named Yusuke Miya, Miyada on here. And they had a comment talking about the new mechanic. They're calling it Demon Slave. And what they had to say about it is that unlike the climax summons of previous games that automatically defeated enemies and returned to Inferno, uh, this mechanic lets players control demons using gameplay and unleash a host of intuitive actions. Each demon's abilities vary, and the kind of abilities that are advantageous at a certain situation can change at any time on there. So that's what they had to comment about it. So they are replacing the uh, climax summons of the previous games with this demon slave um, mechanic. So When I hear intuitive play... Uh... Uh, to me, that sounds either like uh, focus time, test to death. Yeah, by, <laughs> no, like button button time timing button hit yeah. presses, or something like what I mentioned with like with Pat upon where you're just hitting buttons. Okay, hit Y B Y to do the flame. Hit X A X to do a punch. That type of thing. And the fact that she's dancing while this thing is fighting lent sense says to me that there is going to be some type of rhythm mini game that you're going to be playing. So the more effective you are with timing the button presses to the beat, I'm thinking the more powerful your attacks or effective your attack is going to be. That's just that's just what I'm getting watching that trailer a couple of times. So Maybe maybe they have something completely different in mind. We'll see when the game comes out. But, you know, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I just wish we would have seen her fighting the more uh, common enemies that you do in a typical Bayonetta game. Because I yeah. really want to see that combat and see the changes, if any, that were made to that. Because, like I said, I'm going back to Project Eve. That, <laughs> that I mean, granted, you could say that they, they borrowed heavily from Bayonetta, and I think that's without question, but, I mean, this gal is deflecting attacks and parries and all this other stuff. I, I need to see that Platinum, I want to see if Platinum has reworked that core gameplay and reworked that to what Shift Up has done, because... Um, like I said, they they threw the gauntlet down on them, and I really want to see how Platinum's going to respond with this. Well, we'll see. We'll definitely have to see. I mean, I think there's room in the world for two oh, I'm getting like both. games. Yeah, I'm getting both. I'm getting both. But you know, <laughs> for me, for me, it's like you know, you you you're basically in my in my mind since. Uh, Team Ninja has totally forgotten about Ryu Hayabusa and doesn't know what the hell to do with that character, apparently. Uh, Platinum kind of came in and took, like, the 3D beat-em-up crown. Um, 
I think you probably well. I haven't played Devil May Cry Five yet, so I'll, I'll probably I still need to hold that into keep that opinion. You keep keep that opinion a little bit in check, but shift up, man. Say what you want. They have they have they have oh, like, it's like we have seen your bayonetta and we will raise you and Eve. And that that gameplay just looked fan freaking tastic. And it yeah, did they borrow heavily from Bayonetta? Yeah, of course they did. But you know, I just want to see if Platinum can can up the ante. Can't wait to see your report card on all three games. Well to see, you know, so it's almost like you're like, you're like the ultimate critic. You'd be like the American. I'm a beat em up snob, dude. I yeah, mean, it's like I've always said that. So I judge these type of games way more harshly than the typical, than the, than the, your, the, a typical, or I won't say casual, but the, your typical enjoyer of these type of things. I, I get into the meat and potatoes of mechanics and crowd control and, focus attacks and all that other stuff that most people just don't either care about or feel about because that's this is my favorite genre this is what i do and grateful what we have you sir so <laughs> all right and that is news so i have other news in the outline i'm not talking about anything else so <laughs> we'll talk about more next episode How about that all right all right so contact you can reach our show at gamingvessels at gmail.com. If you heard something that you want to respond to, or if you yourself would like to be on the show and get your opinion of gaming out to our listeners, you're going to want to send an email to gamingvessels at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter account at gamingvessels. We also have a Discord server. And you can get the link to that Discord server from our Twitter account at gamingvessels or from any podcast aggregate that you download our show from. Individually, we have our own social media accounts. I can be found on Twitter at Shonuff71. That's S-H-O-N-U-F-F, the number 71. <clears throat> PlayStation Network, I can be found at Shonuff7, same spelling with the number 7 at the end. Xbox Live, I can be found at Shonuff071, same spelling with 071 at the end. Steam. I can be reached at Shilna71, same spelling as be originally, and my Switch friend account, 7658-2155-3309. So, Des, where can folks get a hold of you at, man? All right, you can find me on uh, Twitter at TheNemo6. That's T-H-E-N-E-M-O-S-I-X. You can find me on PSN and Steam. Uh, at Nemo Tigger, N E M O T G G R, and my Nintendo friend code is 5280-6674-4519. And as always, please, if you message us, let us know how you heard about us. Uh, mention the show or something. That way we, we can talk to people, not bots. Joe, where can people find you, buddy? They can find me on Twitter under the user handle Joe Fungul, J O E F O N G U L. Uh, commonly forwarding contest entries and annoying everyone with my retweeting on here. Um, PSN and Steam, Kaminagara, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. When I'm on the Xbox playing all my Game Pass bangers, uh, you can find me under the username uh, (laughs) Kaminagara6995. Is there such a thing? Sorry. Hey, come on. Scalebound, (laughs) soon to come. Uh, What uh, Grounded, State of Decay, you know, all the, all the wonderful games, you know. I can't say that. <laughs> nope. 
<laughs> That's like jumbo shrimp. <laughs> it's like the Golden Corral Salisbury stick and mashed potatoes for everyone. Yum yum. All right. Yeehaw. Nintendo friend code four seven one two five nine five three one four zero nine. Alrighty, alrighty. So that is going to bring episode one four one to a close. For <clears throat> excuse me, for Des, aka the Bay Area Terror, aka the High Res Hater, aka the Cat Daddy, aka the Gamer Step Daddy, and for Trader Joe. AKA the Food Maxo Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. I'm Shonuff71, AKA Digger Dulamite. Purple bling Say. bling, man. <laughs> <laughs> Say that we will be back next time with episode 142. And again, I don't want to end an episode without thanking those who participated. Yes. I almost did. Uh, in our main event question, shout out to John BT from Discord, El Shafi from Twitter and Alberco from our discord server. Uh, Y'all need to, if you're listening and you haven't joined our discord server, please do. It's a great place. Differing opinions on video games. Everybody's cool. Everybody's kind. And uh, you'll find very varied opinions, but robust debate at the same time. That's what I love about that community that we're building over there. So Shout out to everybody who responded and shout out to our regulars on our Discord channel because without y'all, we'd just be three old dudes yapping into the internet ether. So we will be back next time with episode 142. Peace.